We're here on our new Walk It Off Happy Hour Hangs midweek. <laughs> We're here the night before the NFL draft. Fired up, ready for this. It feels like we've been building up this draft for so long, but we want to do something a little bit special. We got our buddy in here, Anthony Thomas, our draft expert. <laughs> you didn't get to go to the combine this year, though, man. No, no combine. I don't think anybody got to go to the combine <laughs> this year. So, uh, you know, that was, um, you know, we'll have to see how it kind of transpires after the draft, you know, with, with no true true medical, no true information outside of the uh, pro days. Yeah, the whole scouting system has been has really turned everything upside down. So any educated guess that we have right now is really based more on fit and who's willing to take risks, I imagine, rather than uh, or has the, the space and job security to take risks, I suppose, too. And that makes it more fun, yeah. too, though, when you're not really sure what's going to happen when we got all these rumors flying around, some teams that might sit it out, some teams that have big, obvious holes they need to fill in their team right now and then we got maybe what five quarterbacks in the first round yeah some are saying six so i think it'll be five but you know we could see uh, uh kyle trash you know calamon jump in there all right that's what that's what we've been hearing lately right this has been a lot of fun that sixth quarterback is one of my favorite yeah. questions of this draft because for a couple weeks right now Kellen Mond seemed like the guy early in the process. He was number six. And then a couple weeks ago, we started hearing Davis Mills' name really hot, that he was mm -hmm. passing everybody. He was going to be number six off the board. And then just in these last couple days, like like you brought up, I was hearing the same thing, that there's a couple teams real high on Kyle Trask now. Yeah, I mean, you know, Davis Mills, so, I mean, so what I've heard, I haven't really watched uh, you know, too much of him, but um, his Stanford tape, you know, he prospect coming out of, um, out of high school and, you know, he's getting, he's gaining some traction, you know, for sure. You know, been injured a little bit, but, you know, some teams are going to definitely take a flyer. Um, and the other big thing we're hearing with the questions now is, is this pocket passers now before everybody was wanting the dual threat quarterbacks. Now we're hearing about pocket passers. Is that what Kyle Shanahan needs at three? Is that why a team like the saints might be big up on Kyle Trask before you get out of the first round? Even we shifting. What's yeah, going potentially. On here? yeah I, don't, I don't know. Shanahan is definitely uh, um, putting steam in that boat. You know, he's a, uh, you know, he doesn't really want a, a mobile guy. Matt Ryan's pretty mobile, right? And, um, you know, so that was, um, you know, his desire to, you know, potentially go the the Mac Jones route is, is, is definitely interesting to follow. But you got a Shanahan system getting installed in New York where the Jets pick two. And it still seems like Zach Wilson's their guy. Yeah, definitely, you know. I definitely think so. Dave, what do you think about that one? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a worthwhile uh, direction to go. I am interested to see what bets these teams are willing to make going forward. On, I, I don't know, Drew, what, what you bring up is really interesting. And I mean, maybe it's not the best narrative, but I, I look at this year where Tom Brady moved 
and won a Super Bowl and has established himself as almost not arguably the best quarterback of all time. And he doesn't fit the new world of the quarterback. And we've we've been talking about that for 10 years with Tom Brady and and others kind of holding the position as these pocket passers that aren't as mobile. And I think it adds a lot more feel to the fire of, of you know, what is valuable there. Because you, tell me what you guys think, but I almost feel like you don't draft for system either because that system's not likely to be there in a few years in most cases. So you need somebody who's going to be versatile and really just the best of the best, no matter how they play. It's like you mentioned earlier, a lot of that has to do with job security. If you're Kyle Shanahan, you feel pretty good about drafting someone in your system because you don't think you're going anywhere. But that might not work for another team. Yeah, yeah, definitely at the top end of the draft, there's a, you know, there's a few teams that that feel that they have that secure. Urban Meyer, you know, first year, uh, you know, he's definitely got some security for the long term with Trevor Lawrence. Then you know, Robert Sala, you know, coming in with the Jets, you know, hey, they they cast away their their old, you know, and they're looking to start. Thank you know, God, no more games. Yeah, uh, you know, he's. That's that's a whole another conversation. We gotta have a whole show on how to pace himself. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but yeah, you know, there's um, and then Arthur Smith with Atlanta. He's coming in fresh. Um, who who's not number three? Number three is um, uh, Kyle Shanahan. Know. He's he's got some pretty solid jobs. You know, everybody is a. Uh, there's a lot of fluidity fluidity at the uh, top end for sure in terms of hey coaches. A lot of not, a lot of new coaches. Man, when you read it off like that, it almost seems like the teams that were real shitty and pick at the top of the draft fired their coaches. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they, they're bad for a reason. They're up there for a reason. So. All right. I see you're, you're a Falcons fan. We know that. We see your yes, uh, rise yeah. up over there. You still you want to go on and talk for a whole show about that gradient pattern jersey, right? Yeah, you know. <laughs> so it, it was interesting. I didn't think I think those were not terrible. I'm so I'm not a big fan of initial I wasn't a huge fan of them. the font of the numbers were not ideal for me at all. Um, but the gradients weren't too bad. One of you know. I know the, the Jaguars had the gradient helmets for a while. Interesting, although the Jaguars are not like a good team. Um, <laughs> but the gradient jerseys were not bad. I was, you know, I was kind of, uh, you know, impressed with the, you know, their direction and, and wanted to do something a little bit different that had not been, been done before. And um, you know, they they the jerseys over the course of the season, you know, kind of kind of stuck with me. But I, you know. All right, all right. <laughs> but the Falcons are definitely the first real wild card in this draft. We're not really, we're not totally sold yet on who the 49ers are going to pick. I mean, I think it's going to be Mac Jones. I think when there's that much smoke, there's going to be fire. You guys yeah. on Mac Jones are, personally, I like Justin Fields a lot. I thought he was the number two coming out of the, into this draft. I don't know what he's done that's made him slip here. That's going to be an interesting story. But in any case, we know the first three picks off the board are going to be quarterbacks. Yes. Even if we're not entirely sure who. So at four, the Falcons are really the first question mark. 
is it going to be Kyle Pitts, this you know game-changing tight end, to give him their Tony Gonzalez back? Or they take a quarterback where they get high, a guy like Lyles who can develop for a couple of years that he'll need under Matt Ryan. Such an interesting choice you can make arguments for either way. Yeah, you know, I think it's, you know, really, really four solid options to do, you know, go the Kyle Pitts route <clears throat> with an obvious, uh, you know, pick. I'm a Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Um, you could, you know, trade back, you know, depending on how far they want to go. Um, they are back, trade Lance, Justin Fields. Um, you know, that's, uh, you know, the direction they want to go. You know, Panay Sewell, you know, the offensive lineman, you know, you know, flip him in into guard, you know, have him play there for a little bit, you know, till Jamie expires. Or if they no longer want to go the route of uh, Caleb McGarry on the right side, right tackle, you know, they could definitely slip him in there. But four solid options. But, you know, you would hope they wouldn't mess it up. But, you know, the draft, <laughs> as you know, three years of mediocrity. You know, it's, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at anything. It, it's a luxury position to be in, though, right? Because they truly can pick the best on the board for themselves without having to fill a glaring hole. I mean, there's certainly things they need, but, you know, we're we're – the top three picks being quarterback leave a decent amount of those top picks still on the board. So, but, but it makes me wonder, I mean, AT, you think they would consider, and I'm sorry to be hyperbolic here, but maybe, maybe I'm not, would they consider picking somebody who'd fill in behind Matt Ryan and, and, you know, with the depth and how good those top four quarterbacks could be, is that something on their mind? You know, I I think it's definitely something that they have, to you know consider for sure you know Matt Ryan is although he hasn't been on a, a major decline you know he is getting a little bit older um, and you know father of time is undefeated you unless know, you're Tom Brady how often are you really going to be picking in the top five? yeah you know but you know it's he is you know definitely define the odds for sure you know, um, you know the older, older Tom Brady gets, it seems like the better he gets. It's crazy, uh, um, but hey, back, you know, hopefully it's not Mac Jones. You know, I, I don't think uh, Mac Jones' idea would be, you know, great. You know, good guy. You know, I think he'd be great with Kyle, Kyle Shanahan's scheme, but you know, I don't. Well, I, you know, Kyle Shanahan and then Arthur Smith kind of have the same, uh, you know, play action oriented offense. So you know, you never know. I do kind of want to see Justin Fields in that huge deep ball he throws with wide receivers like they have. But, man, yeah. Fields Fields might be slipping. And what could be his loss, if it's the Patriots' gain, that's – man, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jets can't win for losing in this situation. Nah. It's true. I wonder how many play, uh, teams are just playing defense right now to – Keep a team like the Patriots stuck in their hole. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And what I love about what the, the... Uh, what about the Cardinals. Where, where are they picking? Are they 12, 13? They're 16. And See, ah, right in the middle. They're right, they're right in the middle. So, I mean, again, the luxury being that we don't need a quarterback, which means 
which is always a great position to be in in the first round. And when you think about it every year, there are you, there's a decent amount of teams that could always use a quarterback, at minimum a streamer, if not looking for a brand-new starter to bring in. So it's a luxury in the first round. But this team, it, it just what they need is depth. That's the biggest thing that they need. Even one of their weaker positions or unproven at this point uh, is cornerback. You know, we brought over Malcolm Butler, which I think was a great signing and at least gives us a little bit of an anchor and some some veteran leadership there, which we need after losing uh, Patrick Peterson. Um, but by him on a different team, <laughs> it will be weird. And now it's kind of funny him wearing uh, purple and gold, kind of not really purple and gold, but looking like he's back at LSU. It's kind of nutty, but he uh, it, it is going to be weird to it, but we've. We've known that there's going to be a gap in uh, in the cornerback area there for a long time. We haven't filled it. So having some depth and some young depth there would be huge. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm also looking at Chandler Jones's job and thinking we've made some, some moves at edge rusher, but we haven't gotten a lot of time out of Chandler Jones recently. And contract-wise, beyond next year, I think, it's, there's nothing guaranteed. So who knows? Having an edge rusher, as we know in Tennessee, is – is really important these days. So, I mean, always is, but it can be a major gap in your defense. So that's kind of the two positions I'm looking at, quarterback, uh, edge rusher, um, and, of course, you know, you've got some some good defensive backs up there uh, that could fill that in, in Sertain or Horn um, being in that space. Yeah. Do you think they will be in a position they want to trade up to get, you know, that get that top corner like a um... – Patrick Sertain out of Alabama, or or even um, uh, you know the I don't know, Caleb Farley, if he, mm. he you know decides he wants a back issue. What do you think they trade up? You know, I don't think they trade up. I really don't. I, it depends on how badly they want that and, and how much they feel like they're going to lose out on somebody like Sertain at at that spot. But I, I really don't think so. I think if anything, because depth is such a priority, there may be an option to trade back. Um, and ga- gather a few more picks to play our odds because, frankly, uh, you know, we haven't. Steve Kime has done some great things and he's made some good draft picks, but he's not known as being the best drafter in the entire world. So, giving him more uh, more odds, I think, really helps in in this situation. Um, so, I'm I'm intrigued by that, but there's a. There are a lot of uh, a lot of storylines, and even running back is is in the mix right now too, because James Conner isn't proven, and that's something that we may be able to get some value on uh, trading back. Yeah, yeah. The two or Cardinals maybe three. Low key on the roster. First yeah, round running backs this year. Hmm. <laughs> what do you think? Maybe maybe one, maybe two, maybe three, maybe zero first round running backs this year. Yeah, I think it's. Either you know, um, you know, between zero and two. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Najee Harris and Travis Etienne went in the back end, but I think that's the extent of that for sure. Been hearing a lot of buzz about uh, North Carolina lately, and he's got that big build running back. You're breaking tackles. You, we get to see. Luckily enough, here in Nashville, we've been watching Derrick Henry the last few years. You talked earlier about how much of a copycat league it is. You see a pocket passer win the Super Bowl, and all of a sudden that becomes the rage again. Could big running backs be getting back into vogue a little bit more? 
instead of the scat back, the wide receiver slash running backs, of which you got some good ones in this draft too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, big running backs are definitely exciting to watch. You know, like those Eddie George type guys and, you know, Derrick Henrys and, uh, um, you know, kind of like Jerome Bettis. I don't know if there's a Jerome Bettis in this draft, but those guys are fun to watch and run, you know, fun to see people get run over. Yeah. You know, and, back uh, some thunder and lightning. You know, those are, yeah. <laughs> those yeah. are my favorite. Yeah. It's hard to find those guys, though, that we know can can stand up to that kind of wear and tear and, and have the the versatility to stay on the field as long as you need and want somebody like that to um, at least to be exciting, right? Like there's you, – you, you, if you can find a lot of those guys that are running in tandem or, uh, you know, so you're just not seeing them at the volume and in the way you're seeing Derrick Henry. So um, I, it'd be fun to get a few of them, a few of them in there, though, and – uh, I certainly love it, but they're they're harder to come by. Man, let's talk about that Titans position too, because I think that's a, of course, that's what we're going to be real interested in here. But I think the Cardinals talk leading to it was pretty perfect because those needs line up a lot. I, a lot of the mock drafts for a while, I was sitting on Elijah Moore, like a lot of people, a, a slot wide receiver. He's going to be perfect for what they need, losing out with Adam Humphreys. But losing Corey Davis, you might want maybe one of those bigger... There's going to be a whole second tier of wide receivers around that mid to late part of the draft. You can take your pick with you know slot guys like Elijah Moore or a bigger guy like Terrace Marshall or maybe you know just real weapons after the catch like Kadarius Toney or even Rondell Moore. But the more I think about it, the more I think that cornerback, if one of those four guys is going to be there... That's where I'm leaning if I'm the Titans. They can surprise people. John Robinson definitely seems to be a best available guy type of pick, and he's not afraid of taking a risk like we saw with Jeffrey Simmons, a guy who was going to be out for a little while but had so much upside. Maybe Farley or Greg Newsom, who you're not so sure about, at cornerback could fit that spot. I definitely think it's going to be the corner or wide receiver unless one of those top edge rushers fall. You can't. Mm-hmm. If there's a chance that somebody like Quiddy Pay, or I don't know, he's not projected that high in most drafts, but I feel like Olajari is going to go a little bit higher than people are thinking, and he might be a great fit with with Jim Schwartz coming back to that Titans defensive brain trust. They're <laughs> going to want to pressure the quarterback a lot. Yeah, and Bud Dupree can't do it all himself. Yeah, um, I think. Uh... No, you know, hopefully he, you know, first off, hopefully he comes back healthy after the ACL injury. Um, then, you know, they have Harold Landry. Uh, it's not a, not a bad option. Um, but, you know, I like Greg Newsom. I think Greg, I think Greg Newsom's going to be a great pro. You know, he's got good size, um, you know, good fluidity, you know, uh, coming out in and out of his, you know, you know his turns, his breaks. Um, but the Caleb Farley thing is, is terrifying, you know, considering the back injury. Um, technology has come a long way in terms of, you know, getting that fixed. He has, you know, had a couple bones, you know, shaved down in his back. Um, but, you know, what if he comes in, you know, what if a team snags him in the second round, you know, comes in and, you know, he's a you know, all pro for two or three years, you know, after, you know, being uh, neglected in the first round. So um, I think the Titans are definitely in a good position to, you know, be multiple in what they want to do, whether it be receiver or a cornerback or, you know, edge rusher, which are all high priority positions. Um, 
but luckily those um, you know cornerback is, is you know relatively deep. Receiver is extremely deep in this year's draft. Um, edge rusher, those are always tough to find. But you know later in the in the first round, which where the Titans are picking, you know there's there's some options available after those first um, you know three or four guys kind of you know come off the board. So. You know, uh, they have. They'll, I think they'll have options. I think the quarterbacks are going to cause a lot of trouble at the. You know, I think there's going to be five quarterbacks going the. You know, top, top twenty. You know, so that's going to drive all the rest of the players back. So. Yep. Um, Good year to be picking for value. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And they they could trade back themselves as well. You know, they they could you know have that opportunity as well. So. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what they do. I mean, again, I feel like a, a, a talking head here or like one of the sensationalists, but you always come around to quarterback, and that's still a variable for Tennessee too. And I just don't see them rolling the dice right now but because teams never do that. Teams never have the foresight at this point because you give up so much value right now if you go at quarterback uh, that could make an immediate impact. But I, I think that's some. So you're saying you're a Packers fan, huh? of the draft huh <laughs> i certainly defended it a little bit i mean you got to think of the optics as well but uh but you know there's a certainly a different feeling about Tannehill in nashville than there is aaron Rodgers in green bay so their sensitivity isn't as huge but there still would be backlash i think but it'd be it'd be it'd be understandable if the if it was the right value certainly not advocating for it but the Titans are in one of those weird positions where they certainly have a good setup right now, but the long term is pretty shaky. They can't get out of that contract too soon, though. So I'd be absolutely shocked if they made a move like that in the first round. Maybe later in the draft, trying to find some value, that might work. You know, we're definitely not sold at backup quarterback if you're the Titans. You can make a high upside pick there. But I just feel like the needs at wide receiver and corner are too glaring. You're in a spot to get a premium talent at one of those two positions. Like I said, the draft lines up great for wide receiver need there. And probably one of those four cornerbacks are going to be there. Although we talked about that with, you know, Dallas will be likely be in the market for a defensive back. Arizona for sure. The Jets picking right behind Titans at 23 with their second pick they got from from Seattle in the Jamal Adams trade. They're going to be in the market for a corner for sure. And there's really only four guys we're seeing this year with surefire first-round drafts. And that's if you if you feel confident about Farley's injury. you got to feel mm-hmm. good about your training staff. And, yeah, it's a, it's a tough year for that. So I could see the Titans doing that later on. Personally, what I'd love to see for the Titans right now would be – one of those four corners, Newsom would be my guy right now. That yeah. I see them taken in the first round, and hope for a slide from Rondell Moore because he's a little dude, but you know he's not as small as Tutu Atwell, <laughs> and he could definitely be uh, be kind of like uh, you know same last name, a smaller version of Elijah Moore that you might not have to pay that first round price to get. Yeah, that'd be a hell of a first two rounds if I'm the Tennessee Titans right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, they could you know kind of double down and and get the you know get the cornerback that they need, and also get a, a playmaker. 
you know, kind of get lucky how they did with AJ Brown getting him in the second round. Yeah. Who was situation? Yeah. You know, that'd be fantastic. College teammates with Elijah Moore. We got a me- we're contractually <laughs> obligated to mention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that goes a long way. I mean, I think I think if you're prospecting, especially now that we we talked about that, the ability to gauge and uh, scout the same way, you know, that kind of chemistry is is huge. If uh, especially on a team like the Titans that have defined a good team chemistry and a good team culture that's that's burgeoning in this league, to to make bets on players that have a better chance of fitting there, even if the skill set isn't tops on your board. Uh, I think that's a worthwhile place to roll the dice too, because you do you don't want to upset that that chemistry either. Uh, that doesn't mean don't pick best available at that time. I'm certainly not advocating for that or make a huge stretch, but it it certainly should come into play for uh, for them when making that decision. That's why I'm so shaky about edge rusher in this draft. Every team needs one. Every team needs more than one. Every team's always looking for more ways to pressure the quarterback, but. Everybody in this draft's got big time questions. I could see any of them sliding. Uh, Gregory Rousseau was pretty much the top ranked early in the draft process, and he had a poor final year in college. He didn't. What we've been hearing about his interview process hasn't been going so great. He might have put himself out of the first round entirely. His teammate at Miami, uh, Jalen Phillips, has injury questions. Definite risk there if you're picking him. Quiddy Pay even. Didn't really have that much production in college. He's not a sure thing by any means. He's still pretty raw, but he's got all the tools. You can definitely dream on him being a, a high-end edge rusher. So all, all these questions, everybody's got real big boom-bust potential. That's personally why I think Oluwari is going to be moving up a little bit on some team's board. He might be one of the safer picks as we get into actually making the picks tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, just you know, just hearing you say you know making the picks tomorrow night that 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 warms <laughs> my heart right there. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a good time. That is a good time. It's uh, it's you know it swiftly got here. You know and uh, you know it's uh, you know with the edge rushers. You know I can't even remember the last time where we really had a you know so many question marks at that position. You know such a high dollar high value position. You know there's not that many options available. And, you know, teams are, you know, probably not going to prioritize that picking, at least in the first round. You know, there's a lot of second round grades on these pass rushers, these guys. Um, but, yeah, just a lot of question marks. There's no Bosa brother. There's no Garrett in this draft. Yeah, you know, nothing like that. You know, Chase, you know, Chase Young, but, you know, he probably would have been a second pick overall because, you know, this year with um, Trevor Lawrence, but. You know, he would have been the consensus for the Falcons. That would have been fantastic. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Every team wants to chase you up. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. He's fantastic. Hey, can you talk yourself into any of these guys becoming a Chase Young or a Garrett? You can yeah, hope. Maybe, but... I mean, if Rousseau kind of, you know, takes it you know so or, or phillips you know one of those two miami guys if they're able to you know kind of harness their talents they have the size they have the length um, if they're you know able to you know keep their head down and work and, and you know kind of develop in that way you know i think they could definitely be difference makers at the next level no no inside information on this but 
Phillips seems to me like he might be, he could be a variable guy. If Phillips does end up sliding in the first round, then he's there when the Titans are there. Uh, I could see them skipping on those you know, obvious picks at corner or wide receiver to go after a guy they feel strongly about off the edge. Yeah. There's so few in this draft. Yeah, I mean, that would be a strong pick. You know, the, you know, defensive line, you know, go from last year to, you know, really not having anything to this year, you know, being real strong with a strong free agent signing, you know, bringing back Harold Landry, you know, bringing a good draft pick. Um, they could definitely – benefit from, you know, the offseason additions to become one of the better units in the league. And there's not much on the defensive line at all. There's not many defensive tackles in this draft. You can see Barmore somewhere late first, early second. But there's, yeah, there's there's not too much along that defensive line. So uh-huh. you might see teams reaching there a little bit ahead of where they're comfortable with. Yeah, let, let them reach on. Let them reach true. on. There you go. You know, let, let some players slip to the top of the second round, you know, for the Falcons and, uh, you know, some other teams. And, you know, we'll, we'll definitely appreciate that. All right, let's, let's do a little wishful well, uh, thing. What about Zayvon Collins? Uh, okay, Zavin, okay. I love Zayvon Collins as a prospect, yeah. too. I think whatever team gets him, it's going to be so fascinating to see the way they use him. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've seen that with, with a lot of these multi-positional players. Yeah. Hassan Reddick just breaking out in his final year in Arizona after doing not much until they made him a rusher, basically. Yeah. Put his hand yeah. in the dirt. And now he got that huge free agent contract. He's out of there. It, Who, it where, did he, where did he go? But, uh, he went to Carolina, right? Uh, I I believe so. I can't say that with certainty, but that's what I recall. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's think he's with your Falcons now in the South. Making uh, stuff. Uh, fan, fantastic, fantastic. Who's <laughs> that came in today? Carolina traded Teddy Bridgewater to Denver. Yeah. I, I love that move for Denver. If Drew Locke doesn't develop, you know, you got a steady presence right behind him. If he does, nobody's really going to be clamoring too hard for Bridgewater to take his job right off the bat. It's a smooth move for them. They got the Panthers to pick up a bunch of salary, just gave up a low-end pick. Yeah. But does that mean Sam Darnold's the man, or does that mean Carolina might be active at that eight pick? Yeah, lots of smoke going around. You know, I think it would, uh, you know, be interesting if they traded what they did to get Sam Darnold and then go and pick another quarterback. Yeah, definitely. That high. Especially with them giving up the second rounder next year when teams are a little bit more comfortable with those picks than they are this year. Yeah. Sneaky little move there from the Jets. But, yeah, man, let's, uh, let's talk a little wish fulfillment. What is – if you get to pick – and the draft board falls your way. Nothing crazy. No, uh, I hope you know Trevor Lawrence falls to number eight or something. But <laughs> realistic here. As the draft board's falling tomorrow night, what do you hope happens for the Falcons? I told you my hopes for the Titans. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I've, I've thought about it a little bit. So the ideal scenario would be a trade back with uh, Detroit at seven. You know, they come up and take uh, you know, quarterback or whatever, you know, then trade up, you know, trade back to seven. Then Kyle Pitts somehow slips to number <laughs> seven. They Thanks. end up picking up a first round next year, maybe a two, you know, and, you know, they still get Kyle Pitts because you know, I'm, I'm a big Kyle Pitts fan. 
pair him with, you know, an older aging Julio Jones, who's still great, who's still fantastic, with Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan. They get a running back at the top of the first round, obviously completely neglected defense. That's trash. <laughs> and who's stopping the offense? You know, they'll, they'll be in a fantastic position. So, um, wishful thinking, trade back, you know, a little bit to seven and, and get and still get Kyle Pitts. But even at four, you're, you're going to be thrilled with Pitts. I don't know how you stop that in the red zone if you got really yeah, that, That'd be very difficult. You know, and Arthur Smith is, uh, he did great things with John o. Smith last year. True. Um, he, he enjoys and, and loves the tight ends. And um, Kyle Pitts was a red zone nightmare, even this past year with uh, Kyle Trask at Florida. And, you know, he's definitely a, a huge mismatch. You know, you you know you have three three guys on the island: Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and and Kyle Pitts. You know who 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 what team do you know can cover all three of those guys? You know, in, in one one setting. Great. And then you know you got Matt Ryan scrambling out of the backfield and stuff like that. You know that's you know who, who's going to stop that? Yeah, who's going to stop that Matt Ryan? Right? <laughs> I, I know. Who's going to wow. stop the Matt Ryan scramble? <laughs> I love that. We did spend the last two years talking about Arthur Smith as an innovative offensive mind. <laughs> now he's got a chance to run his own team. So he made yeah, Tannehill into that's... a Russian threat near the goal line. True. That's yeah. what I like about Pitts going there. If if he does, is like that that team screams to just have so much offensive opportunity and and a rebirth for for uh, um, for the quarterback. So I, I, I think that's so there's so much potential and that could really help them skyrocket. I think in the, in the, in the short term, if they could really put that together, cause it would be, it would be next level. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And, and the key word is in the short term for sure. Yes. Dave, we'll give you the, the wish fulfillment question too, but you know, the Cardinals, they're just not as in an interesting draft position. I'm sorry. No, they're they're not. I mean, I I think if you want to talk excitement, it's that, the Titans one too. Let's go. All right. So if, if you want to talk excitement for for the Cardinals, it's that. All right. So Drew, you and I talk about this a lot. The, one of the great things about the draft, when you mentioned this, at about the warmness in our hearts about the draft coming up, it's that hope, right? It's that hope, hope just boiling in our pits and coming out. The pits, not these pits, like our actual like, <laughs> like the pits of our. So. Uh, but so what what I really want to see uh, from that perspective, and honestly, this could this could go towards the Titans, is that they do trade up, right? Like they're that you see them mortgage some things down the road. This might not be the smartest move for either of them, but because what you do is you believe that the GM's got his eye on somebody good, that he's got the perfect fit up there and there's somebody worth rolling the dice on for both of those teams in this in this position where there aren't glaring holes. So that that means they found somebody that's the perfect fit and is going to make make some make some make an immediate impact uh, and and fit the team. So I, I I can't say who that would be, but like I'm talking storyline wise, like that's what I would love to see for both teams. Otherwise, truthfully and realistically, I'd like to see them both stand pat and and just just take best available, which is is in an ideal situation is going to be somebody falling from like that mid-tier 10-11 in those roles that we're, that we're looking at and fall to them. And, I mean, that could be a variety of players at this point, but that would be a lot of fun to see happen. And if you see other teams getting desperate for one of those top five quarterbacks, it's more likely this year than in previous years maybe. Yeah, and there's always somebody else who sneaks in, overvalued, some team takes a reach, 
and it disrupts everything. And I don't know who that's going to be now, but there's going to be a top team or two that just does something dumbfounding or super surprising that's going to change the the back half of this first round. What? what who's taking Jalen Rager over uh, Justin Jefferson? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Eagles are in an interesting position too, man. That trade with them and the Dolphins was yeah. real surprising to me because Philly seems like a slam dunk for one of those top wide receivers, and they'd yeah. get them if they stayed at six. Now that seems like where Miami's going to go. You could reunite Parker with <laughs> with Tua, and it'd be real interesting. You know, Jalen Waddles right there as well. Those top three wide receivers for sure. Yeah, everybody wants Jamar Chase. <laughs> And then, you know, Panay Sewell, I, I'm a firm believer in building your team from the trenches. Yeah. And he's the big name for offensive line this year. It's going to be fascinating to see what Cincinnati does if, as predicted, they end up with a choice between Sewell to protect Joe Burrow or to reunite him with his big weapon at wide receiver from college and Jamar Chase. That's going to be real interesting to see. But there's going to be teams that are going to be wanting those big offensive line picks too. You know, Slater out of Northwestern has been a big name lately at offensive tackle. And one of the guys we've been seeing that's got a lot of helium as the draft comes up is uh, Vera Tucker out of USC. I think that's going to be a name that goes off the board a lot faster than people think as well. Wow. Look, it's that's the easiest way to make your team better. We saw yeah. Ezekiel Elliott this year couldn't get anything going behind an injured Dallas line. But when and, Dallas put all those resources and a, and into a big line. belly and a big belly, <laughs> well, you yeah. gotta eat. He gotta eat. Yeah. You gotta eat. You're eating too much. You said he's got to wear his jersey different now. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how it was naturally being worn. You know, his belly was just hanging out the bottom. <laughs> Is that a, is that Trey Sermon's look too? I'm not sure. I'm trying to yeah. remember that. that yeah. That's that OSU thing, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I think definitely you know, talk about Cincy though. You know, they have they definitely have a tough decision. But you know, it depends. All depends on what you know the team builder's philosophy is, right? Um, do you want to reunite Joe Burrow with um, you know his Heisman winning campaign? wide receiver that helped him get to that stage or do you want to protect him from another significant injury you know i'm kind of with you drew i think uh you know building from the trenches is is really the way to go but how, man how do you not want to pair him with uh with his old his old buddy his old pal that so many touchdowns to you know that's a uh, either way they're they're in a good position you know yeah, and you, you got to think you're playing to the fan base too. I mean, that's something we don't talk about as much, but you know, to have Chase in there playing with him, or even somebody like Kyle Pitts at that pick if he's available, to bring a lot of excitement to that to that offense is huge, just to build on the momentum from last year. But uh, but I, I'll just throw my hat in the ring with you two fellas that yeah, building from that offensive line, especially when you've got a quarterback that you can see being there for a decade if all the cards fall right or plus. There's nothing more important that you could do at this moment to build out of that space that the Bengals have been in for far too long. I, you don't you don't you don't mortgage the long term for the short term right now. You really don't because you have the best optimistic uh, view and outlook that you could have at this point. 
All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you guys about my favorite draft moment of mine. Uh, AT, I know you do the mock draft every year. You can back me up on this one. The 2018 draft, as a Jets fan, all we were talking about was them trading up for the pick that became Sam Darnold. I was not for that trade. Giving up three second rounders to move three picks when, personally, I loved Quinton Nelson. But that road grader at tackle is going to be your guy. Or guard is, sorry, if you're Nelson. That road grader on offensive line can make a team so much better so that if they wanted a quarterback, trade up to the end of the first round and pick Lamar Jackson. Now, if you're the wow. Jets... And if you picked Quinton Nelson at six, kept your three second rounders, gave up that one second rounder that the Ravens ended up using to trade back into the second round, the first round, and pick up Lamar Jackson, we're talking about a totally different Jets team right now. So you also would be talking about Kevin, I mean uh, Adam Gase still with the team. <laughs> that <laughs> might be true. So what's the trade-off? Yeah, <laughs> you can't have everything, Drew. <laughs> Jackson be out of the league by now. (laughs) You know, it's true though. Like you put those, you put those, those storylines out there and it's, it's right coach, right place too, which is why I'm excited about Arthur Smith in Atlanta, you know, like building that offense and doing something like that. They've got something fresh and new that can really set somebody up for success. And, and certainly under Adam Gase, Lamar Jackson would not have been. So, you know, I like your optimism of how that might've turned out, but there's a lot of other roadblocks in there and, it could have been a Adam little Gates different. Definitely one of them. For sure. <laughs> the, the main one being that it's the Jets. <laughs> that's true, too. Is it? Sadly, sorry, but that's true, well, too. I'll say my, my Jets dream for this draft is I'm the same way I was with the Titans. I want them to pick one of those cornerbacks if he's there at 23. Grabbing Greg Newsom there, grabbing Caleb Farley there would make me incredibly happy because they got nothing right there. And then you hope that Travis Etienne gets past Buffalo at 30, and you can pick up Etienne with the second pick of the second round. And I'd be feeling great as a Jets fan if those two coming through. So, of course, that's Etienne's probably going to go before Najee Harris somehow. Somehow. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you this. Who, so, with the first pick of the second round, which is the Jaguars, do you guys think a team would, would trade up and to that spot to, to pick somebody that slipped to the, to the second round I always think that's such a valuable pick those first couple picks in the second round now that they split it up so the first round is the first day you got a whole day to be a team that's like holy shit I can't believe that guy made it out of the first round that we had real high on our draft board you mm-hmm. got a whole night to think about that yeah and maybe put something together to move up it's a great yeah. point I, de- I definitely think the run you know one of those two running backs you know, if, if they don't both go in the first round, I think um, you know Etienne or, or uh, Najee Harris will be available. You know that I think they're pretty. I think they're better than last year's couple running backs too. You know, which was Edwards Alaire, DeAndre Swift. It was another. It was another guy in that mix as well. Cam Akers was on the top later ended up being maybe the best yeah, of the bunch of the season. Yeah, he and he was pretty solid. He had a great playoff game against Seattle. Um, but yeah, I think you know, I think those two guys are better. So I guess you know, maybe they do end up going in the first round. Man, yeah. it's, it's, it's so it's I, so exciting though, you know. Okay. I love talking about the draft with you guys. Right, this is yeah. just so much fun to to get into the weeds on this again. Yeah, uh, I think that's where you'll start to see 
offensive line too that kind of second tier of offensive line your tevin jenkins type of guys maybe uh, alex leatherwood find a team that falls in love with him mm-hmm. talk about that name alex leatherwood that's an <laughs> yeah. line name right there <laughs> It like smells it. like a fancy cologne or something. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Yeah, you buy his jersey, it comes scented. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. No, I We've like talked it. about a lot of Alabama guys already, haven't we? Oh, it's going to be, a, it's, oh, you know, God. maybe eight going the first round, you know? Yeah, Mac Jones, uh, you know, the two receivers. Yeah. Barmore, Sertain, you know, Leatherwood might sleep, sli- uh, slip in there. Um Najee, Najee, Najee Harris. Yeah, you know, it's, they've they've got a lot of guys that can go national championship team. So, yeah, and they, you know, they, they they didn't win it off a hope and wish. It's true, and they pan out. So that's uh, it's not a bad bet right there. But yeah. that's my favorite part too. I'm glad you asked that question uh, about it, it's the late part of the first round, the early part of the second round, because I think that's where the first value goes. Like that, that's where the, the big value picks tend to lie for those that are willing to make the right risk. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who trades around for those at the latter part of the first round. That's always fun. Um, and I'm especially intrigued with, uh, uh, with Pittsburgh and Najee Harris, uh, it, you know, or, or a quarterback. They're one of the big variables for me, too, that, that you just don't see picking one of those. But that could disrupt who's trading around. Trading up in the first round or trading around in the back of the first and early in the second, because uh, those those running backs I think are going to be, uh, you know, prime assets there for sure. Yeah, I'm ready to see seven quarterbacks go in the first round. Bring it on, <laughs> bring it on. That's gonna that's just making the more value in the second round. That's it, and I love yes. that. Absolutely. Absolutely, I still think five, but that's a crazy number as it is, man. Yeah, what is what's the record? Is five, five the record or is you know, would six break the record? I wonder what where that number is. So that's that's information I don't have. Oh, we were hearing something about that. I'm uh, I didn't write that one down either. You know, we're <laughs> we're Na- not the most stats based to talk radio show. 1983 <laughs> saw six quarterbacks go in the first you, round. Wow, yeah. six is the record, huh? Yeah, I believe I so. And it's would have broken the record, and it's only happened once, uh, as far as I can tell here. So. And I, you know, that was that was Dan Marino. Yeah, John Elway. They make thirty for thirties about a draft like that. Yeah, yeah, wow. that redefined the quarterback class. We, we've been chasing that ever since, essentially. Wow. Well, if that's the trend, you know, hopefully the Jets are on the right side of you know drafting a Hall of Fame quarterback. If we do get six six quarterbacks in the first round, that's right. You know, that that be that choice. <laughs> yeah. So, Leah, so let me let's 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 talk. Talk about Zach Wilson. What do you think about him? Man, I was personally my my usual go to method on quarterbacks, I'm a big believer in winning quarterbacks. If you're a college quarterback, you're a winner. That's a tra- that's a skill that translates. That's why I, I I've been higher on guys like Deshaun Watson, on guys like Lamar Jackson than most, because they were I feel like if you're a transcendent talent at quarterback especially in college going up against lesser competition, you're going to make your team rise a level. And you know, there's, there's ways that that gets shaky. You don't know what's going on with Trey Lance this year. The guy who's played one game in two seasons, 17 games in his career, all against, you know, lower competition, but everybody loves his intangibles. Everybody loves his interview process, his accuracy. He's building up big on that. 
So Justin Fields was the guy I was feeling best about at the number two pick going into this. You know, he came out, he had a tough start to his college career, went to Ohio State and took them to another level. Now he's he played well in some big games, not so well in others. But you can say that about Zach Wilson too. He wasn't as nearly as big a prospect before this season. And he came up and he made BYU a team that was relevant in the conversation for most of this season. So I've I've talked myself into Zach Wilson, and I don't know if it's more me talking myself into it because I'm pretty sure he's going to be their pick, and I want to believe in uh, in Mormon Cuz over there. <laughs> but I do love that skill that everybody talks about when you talk about Zach Wilson, his ability to get to his second read, his ability to make a play happen outside of the pocket. Those are kind of the skills in the modern NFL. So if that does translate over, you know, I'll I'll be thrilled with that. But I think whoever picks Justin Fields, if he ends up slipping, is going to get a winner there too. Yeah, yeah. So if uh, Zach Wilson is not your pick, who who would you who would you take second? It would have been Fields. You know, they they got to get a quarterback now. So yeah, I, uh, I, yeah, I've talked myself into Wilson. I think he's the number two quarterback in this draft, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be watching Fields' career real closely, too, to see if that one <laughs> the went off right. Yep. They don't have the – Trey Lance, I feel like he, he could be great if you let him develop. You know, a team like Atlanta that's got a couple of years of Matt Ryan left, he seems real good there. And, you know, even to bring him in as competition for, for Sam Darnold if Carolina decides to go that route. You know what? While we're talking about Carolina, they still got P.J. Walker. I love P.J. Walker. That's right. <laughs> Bet on, anyway, bet on fun. that man. He, yeah, the, by far and away best player in the XFL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was he was balling out there. He's flashed when he's gotten the chances. I uh, I would not be surprised if he gives Darnold some serious competition, if Carolina oh. lets it happen. Yeah. Wow. Yep, okay. that'll be that'll be a fun storyline. It really will. Uh, I will say that we could New York could use some wholesomeness from BYU. So I'll I'll go through. Uh, I'll vote for a little bit of that wholesomeness winding up on the Jets just to set a new tone. That's why. That's I what you get scared of, right? Hearing stories about him already hiring a coach to deal with the media. You're like, uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Justin Fields has already kind of been through that. So having to transfer after being the huge-hyped pick. That's, that's valuable, and you need that in New York. Because like you said, uh, you, you couldn't have said it any better, Drew. Uh, one, of the, one of the roadblocks, sadly, is that it's New York. You know, it's the Jets. It's a two-market city. It's an uphill climb. Uh, it's a rough, uh, you know, few years. So you got to have somebody who can withstand that, too. So hopefully they're, they're vetting that in the interview process and talking to references and all the other fun stuff, trying to figure out if that's going to work out well. Well, yeah, talking about Jets quarterback, I'm going to need to start the happy hour beer right now, right? <laughs> that's right. Shots. <laughs> the draft episode. I don't have any draft beer here at home, but we'll just go with a uh, nice, solid, cold cores light all right <laughs> i love it i'd be with you i hate i don't like awesome. i don't like doing these happy hour hangouts when i don't have a happy hour drink but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm staring down a seven hour drive here as soon as i get off so uh, i am i'm not i'm not gonna partake for that reason alone <laughs> yeah Ooh, seven hours that oh man that's probably i know i know it was either that or go early in the morning i figure i might as well wake up where i'm gonna be so sleep in I don't know what that's, that's like so much anymore. So, yeah, you don't want to be driving when 
it starts getting time to put somebody on the clock either. That's exactly true. I want to be settled. I want to have, like I said, my my draft pad all set up, ready to rock and roll. Uh, so it'll it, it just perfectly comfortable. I don't want to. I don't want to risk any missing of this. Yeah, it's well, definitely going to be a blast. It is definitely going to be a blast. Oh, man. So, any of you guys got any? Uh, who Who do you really like that name might not be flashing as much right now? Give me a pick that you think is going to be good. That's you know maybe a little bit lower on some people's boards. We know Quinn Miners is one of the big names right now that you're hearing a lot of people toss the sleeper label on. Trey Lance's offensive lineman right there, big dude playing for North Dakota State. Who showed up in the Senior Bowl against big competition. And right now, he's my dream pick for the Jets' second pick of the third round. But he might not even last that long. One player that I'm really... I mentioned earlier. Who are some other names out there that might be, you know, second... Next gen stats uh, have developed an analytics based draft. <laughs> no cheat. I brought in. I brought in a. I brought in as well. Brought in another guest host for us, you guys. Uh, just trying to just trying to spice it up a little bit in this uh, in this three way we got going on, but um, didn't work out very well. So. <laughs> Um, well, at least for me, you know, I, I mentioned his name earlier, Zayvon Collins. I am really a big fan of his. If he goes to the right situation, maybe like a Baltimore or, you know, of course, you know, you hope he slips the second round for Atlanta. But I think he's going to be a real chess piece for whatever team gets him. Hopefully, maybe even a Cleveland. If he, oh, man, if he went to Cleveland, you know, with Zayvon on one side, Miles Garrett on the other side, you know, that that'd be a – you know, a big time problem for the AFC North, and um, you know, yes, he's a he is an AFC North kind of guy. Baltimore, you know, Cleveland, you know, maybe even Pittsburgh, um, you know, and uh, I think he's going to be a significant problem in the league going forward. If you know, he can you know stay healthy and you know you know keep things going on a, on a good trajectory. And then Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore is a guy, a cornerback. I uh, know a wide receiver who is is like a jitterbug. So if he goes to the right situation as well. Um, oh, I think we lost Jerm. If he goes to, you know, to the right situation as well, I think uh, I think that'll be a fantastic situation. Yeah, we've seen those guys make such a big impact when they're set up in the right setup with the right scheme and the right complementary receiver. So he he was on he was on my list also, but when I'm looking at this, I'm always, one of my favorite positions to try to scout out is that that new age versatile safety kind of player that can do a lot of different things and you know may not have been in the right situation uh, in college to exemplify that, but you can dig deep and see that they have that ex- athleticism and uh, and the guy I'm looking at there is Jacoby Stevens at LSU. I think. He's got a lot of that. Yes, 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 yes. I like him as well. Whoever can whoever can steal him, I think, could wind up having uh, a pretty a pretty versatile player there. Yeah, and I saw him mocked, uh, um, you know, later fifth, sixth, seventh round. I'm like, man, no way. These yeah. guys, you know, he's definitely go a lot earlier than that. I think he's a good player as well. Yeah, 
I think you'll see people definitely reaching for him just because of the value that kind of player can bring. Yeah. I like this for sure, man. I, I would love to see a team that just loosens the reins on Collins and lets him play his game. Yeah. That would be a lot of fun. I think you're exactly right. AFC North would fit just too smooth with a dude like that. Yeah. And that, who's that? Uh, I'm blanking on the name right now, but the running back out of UCLA who basically lines up in the slot half the time. That's sort of new age position as well. Play running back, play wide receiver, kind of a Tarek Collins Cohen type of guy. Uh, Felton? Is that who you're looking at? Sure. <laughs> I, I lost I lost the name. But yeah, you know, I, I'm not sure about the UCLA guy. I, I lost him on the name, but uh, he's been getting a little bit of buzz as a Tarek Cohen type of dude. And we've seen guys like that break a game in limited positions. True. So when you get down to, you know, talking about day two, late day two, early day three type of stuff, I mean, look at look at what Gibson did for Washington last season. Yeah, that's that was expected to be his uh, his peak would be like as a Tarek Cohen type of part time situational player, and he stepped up into that role and really showed out for Washington, which is still going to be the football team again next year. Come on, man. Hey, <laughs> they say they were saying they might stick with it. You know, it might just be no. Washington football. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm already bought into it now, guys. I'm, I'm on board, and I'm not even. I'm not even joking with you. Like I like the. I, I kind of like the way it looks now. It. It's it, not it's, bad. It's not. It's. Not it's, bad. it's got just a classic basic look, and I'd be. I'd be. I'd be pissed. Thing, but not having a team name. Come on. <laughs> you know, we talked about soccer, right? Football. Uh, this ain't soccer. This American football. It is, but. <laughs> It's it's not unprecedented, and uh, now I'll say if it was my team, I'd be pissed. But it's yeah, not, yeah, so sure. let's roll with it. Yeah. And we yeah. could do a whole other show of that list of that they sent out to season ticket holders of potential names, which were all terrible. <laughs> so yeah. maybe maybe there's something to that. Well, I will say I think we're gonna have to do a second show either way because this is a blast having you back on here, Tony. Man, this is this is awesome. So we got to do some more of this NFL analysis. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's definitely great to be here. You know, brought back all the, the great feelings and, you know, getting prepped and ready for the draft. I'm going to sleep so good tonight. That's right. It's no great. doubt. Thank you guys for hanging out a little bit late. I know you guys got stuff to do tomorrow. Yes. And uh, yeah. We'll be there. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll be texting during the draft and seeing what's going on. Yes, sure. yes, we will. For yes, sure. We, will. Hey, we know something surprising is going to happen, so we'll be talking about that. This is going to be a blast, guys. Yeah, hopefully some, hopefully surprising good for all, all <laughs> three teams. Hopefully we're able to smile win, and win, you know, win, win. Like, but, you know, yes, yep. it, exactly, exactly. Let's do it. Exactly. We'll have plenty of reactions, I'm sure. All that's going to be, you know, on social media at Walk It Off Radio, and the, this video will be there. WalkItOffRadio.com. Our happy hour hang episodes that are there now. So, Dave, I'm going to leave that in your hands, trying to. Put together this three-way conversation in a way that people can listen to it. We're going to do our best. I'll tell you what, it's going to be fun to watch either way. So, And then uh, if all these predictions are wrong, take it down real quick. Yeah, yeah I know. I, well, get, I want you guys to be ready to re-record very quickly tomorrow. And we're just going to splice it in, okay? We can do this. Miracles of technology. So, you know. but nah, Great seeing both of you guys. You Good too. talk. Cheers, and guys. Let's get fired up for the draft. Here we go. Right, we'll do this in person again sometime soon. Yes. Yes. Good to see you. You too. Yep.